Hello and welcome to Postgres FM, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I'm Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, your turn, you tell me. But don't choose boring topics, please. Guilty. So today I have chosen auditing. So I decided you, you claimed the last topic I chose was boring. So I thought I'd go for the absolute most boring topic I could imagine. But on the, on the flip side, this, I actually think this is quite commonly needed, not for everybody, not in all cases, but it comes up often enough. And we've had two listener requests for this now. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see these starting to kind of cluster into things people are interested in. So yeah, auditing, and by that we mean, well, I guess it can cover a few different use cases, but specifically the things people seem to be interested in are the different options they have for seeing who's changed what and when. And they, these these fall into a few different categories, but we have a couple of really common options in Postgres and a couple of interesting options. Um, before, yeah. before we discuss options, let me tell you that I consider this topic even more boring than transaction ID wraparound two weeks ago, because it's related to security. Due to my professional activities, I, I must deal with a lot of security and auditing and, and other things all the time, compliance. But I don't like it. And I like uh, I, I I like to build something. But uh, when we well, we can consider building auditing system, right? So it, it, this is entertaining to consider options. But in general, security not my favorite topic. So my opinions might be not uh, advanced because I sometimes try to avoid it and use uh, other people's help. So so don't listen to me if I, I can be wrong as well and so on. Well, and I think. Uh probably transitioned into the options. I think a lot of the development in this area has been out of necessity, people needing this, not out of passion, not out of, you know, wanting to contribute to open source or anything exactly. like that. Requirements, requirements. Uh, if, if you are a big company, you and thinking about IPO, you already might have, might have uh, requirements from external auditors or like it, it, it's or compliance uh, values. Compliance processes, yeah. Yeah, if you're in a regulated industry, perhaps there's all of those things. But but even, even and this this is, um, people also want to use these same solutions sometimes for feature-based things, but they tend to be, they tend to be the, on the less interesting side. Uh, so I, I can see why there aren't maybe loads of uh, projects around this from hobby developers. Right, so... I think if you are a smaller company, a smaller project, and but you think in, in, in the future it might happen with you, or some requirements may arise in the future, so not yet, or, or already they, you have them, I recommend checking crunch data uh, document uh, they prepared uh, with United States Defense Information System Agency. So it's Security Technical Implementation Guide, STIG. It's like a huge list of various items like requirements basically each requirement has a severity level and so like you can start with most important ones critical ones and it's impressive so if you want to reach good level it's a good document to check and maybe to use but in general i agree with you sometimes uh, we implement this as a feature for example part like if you implement trigger-based auditing it can be also your way to restore data Right. So if you if you save old value when someone deletes something, it's a way to restore it if needed, right? Manually restore some 
wrong, wrongly deleted parts of data. But if you switch to options, uh, uh, my recommendation is to draw a matrix, matrix three on horizontal, three vertical, so three cells, nine cells overall. And it will help to understand the uh, use case and the options and choose. First of all, there are three ty big types of events that can be logged or remembered for auditing purposes. DDL changes, of course, right, schema changes. Then DML in terms of modification of data, update, insert, delete, and copy. By the way, copy is not, usually it's not reading. It can be reading to out or to file, or but sometimes it's a massive data upload to database. And, and final th third one is access of data using select, copy, or with statement also can, it's also like select. Yeah. So it's already interesting, three, these cases. And three basic big options are using logs, Postgres logs, you're right, Postgres logs, and then two options, I would call them both are like logical level, so either triggers or logical decoding to send events to some, some places. And uh, for selects, we can quickly exclude second and third option because we cannot see selects in triggers and we cannot see selects in logical decoding stream. In wall, we, we don't have selects in, in wall. Well, there are selects that can trigger some wall rights, but it's a different uh, story. And yeah. In general, we, we, we should not think of that they, it's, hap it's happening. So for selects, it's the only option is to use something like PG Audit, which is quite popular extension, right? Yeah, so on that note, yeah, the document you mentioned from Crunchy Data is incredibly impressive, but it's also incredibly long. I think it's... Hundred and thirty pages or something, and I did a when they announced it or when they announced the public version, they gave a shout out to PG Audit in it, and I did a quick search on the document, and PG Audit's mentioned about one hundred and forty times in a hundred and thirty-five page document. So that goes to show how important that is as an external, so as as an extension, not as something that's part of Postgres core to running Postgres or, in their opinion, running Postgres in a very secure manner. So it's incredibly important, incredibly robust, and uh, has a lot of development history by the team at EDB, or not EDB, Second Quadrant originally, who are now part of EDB, and the team at Crunch Data as well, or at least, at least one person there. So it does have real Postgres experts behind it, but it's not part of Postgres core, which is interesting. Right. But the uh, document is huge, but uh, you can check only first uh, the tip of the iceberg to take the most uh, important uh, items and then go down to like main body and so on. So like to, to, to take it in steps, right? So it's, it's possible because all items, as I said, uh, they, are, they have properties of severity and so on, yeah. criticality or something. I don't like uh, if so. If the, like it's a big question, do we need to take care of access of data, or or we just need to track only data changes? Because in both requests from our uh, listeners, the the discussion was about data changes. Because if we need the access of data to to log it, it's uh, probably we, sh we should choose PG audit, or or similar uh, thing. We cannot do it on triggers. Yeah, exactly. The more common use case I see is that you do only need to track the ch changes um, rather than access. But I don't see why, like, I, 
accessing of data is one of the big um big security incidents these days right somebody who shouldn't be reading a lot of data reading a lot of data is a is a big issue so i suspect that is why pg audit is so popular so yeah just to recap on if, that if so, somebody shouldn't use shouldn't read some data just uh, revoke access from those parts of data for this user that's it and distinguish users so it, well and check uh, regularly that uh, permissions are properly configured right yeah so so you don't need to log access to data which cannot be read by some database user because it's not possible yeah <laughs> right? but like if there's if they like even if they should have access to it if they're doing an an inordinate amount like a, a, yeah. a not usual a, amount if it's a support person who should be checking customer accounts this is by the way interesting yeah, For, yeah. I, I would i wish uh, we had very simple way to log uh, massive uh, reads sometimes i like i think like we should for example have alerts uh, if some massive reads is happening for some user but how to do it probably maybe even from pgsta statements because it, it tracks selects as well right and for yeah. it tracks it for a particular user as well and so on and so on so and we have a, a number of blocks uh, read there right so we can notice that uh, some copy for example happened and we if we distinguish users we can quickly see okay we have plus one in terms of calls for for this query for this user and it's it has a lot of uh, or, or we can do it in, in logs for example even with uh, auto explain with buffers enabled well it's uh, it's something uh, something which seems to me quite common task, but not uh, well solved. Or, or maybe I don't know. As I said, uh, my disclaimer in the beginning: I'm not an expert here at all. So. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the let's uh, very interesting topic, but probably not one we can like neither of us necessarily know how. But the PG audit is very much in that log category, right? There's the, the only way of doing things is via logging. It's highly customizable, but by default, it does log a lot. So it's it yeah. needs to be customized basically the the other like i see people using triggers quite a lot for different use cases not necessarily just not necessarily the security ones but i had i don't see much of the third option you mentioned so i'll be interested to hear more about that logical um, well well uh, let's uh, I, I don't want to forget to mention it uh, with PG audit we have an issue by the way uh, maybe it's not common but i see it obvious issue and i had in my practice this issue uh, triggering so uh, pg audit is uh, logging everything to postgres log everything which what is configured and uh, only super user can change settings of course right so regular users cannot change settings but what if we want to audit all actions of our dbas for example which is quite a common task if uh, dbas usually have super users they need it and they can override settings yeah well this is another thing for security right like how if you're doing this for security what are the yeah, what are the loopholes? What like what's what's your exposure to with each of these? Yeah, it's a good yeah, question. What, I don't you, know the you answer. Might, you might have alerts configured uh, for each set happened. This is one way. So if someone decided to override it, it's very visible if, to uh, to other people. Or you might want. Yeah. Yes. Or there's an interesting small extension from Ongus called uh, No Set, and it disables setting particular settings 
just you you cannot change them without changing configuration. So it's interesting. also interesting approach. I I know about this extension. I never used it, but I think maybe it's something that Postgres should have. For example, prohibiting changing of statement timeout. This is a different story, but still. Or setting uh, prohibiting changing of PG audit settings completely. It would be good and nice feature in in the engine in the core. What do you think? But it has yeah, it has to be changeable by somebody, right? Like you have to be able to configure it. Well, it just, change it so, and config, uh, send hiccup signal or restart server. And, and if, if, if it's something that you don't want to let... For example, in some cases, we one hour ago, I reviewed um, Ansible playbook for upgrade or major upgrade of Postgres uh, based on first we switch from physical to logical and then we upgrade uh, Postgres. And uh, we want old cluster to set it uh, like read-only state. So there is an option, uh, there is a uh, setting, GUC setting, uh, I don't remember, transaction default, uh, read-only, something like that. I always forget uh, setting names. And you can set it uh, in configuration so on the primary, so it won't accept read-write queries at all. But unfortunately, any user can change it and still insert something to old cluster. And this, that's not good. I, w- I would have uh, no set there and prohibit it. So only if you have access to files, you can change it. I don't know. Like it's it's, it's maybe uh, additional topic here, right? But uh, I see some problem here uh, with PGAudit as well, right? Well, similar similar problem with triggers, right? Like if people can remove them or disable them for a while. Um, Ooh, well, in this case, uh, we should have DDL logged, but yeah, we can first set a log statement to like none, and, and but it should it should be alerted. Yeah. Who who decided to keep silence and do some bad things, right? So so uh, before we switch to triggers, one thing to mention about logging overall in general, it's um, uh, it's I I, do, I don't like dealing with logs at all because to do it properly, if you have many servers, you need central centralized uh, storage with a lot of power, and the best system I I, I was dealing with it, it's Splunk. But you need a lot of money to, to because it's commercial software, so it's like huge system. Uh, usually people use Kibana and it's not perfect interface, so like many many things, and you need to think about uh, a lot of stuff. So like uh, PII also and so on and so on. But uh, in general, if you consider PGAudit, you need to think what you will do with a lot of logs. And also, of course, uh, in current Postgres implementation. It may be bottleneck in terms of performance, especially if you forget to have a good disk uh, where you store logs. Sometimes it's uh, some magnetic disk. It's good for sequential writes, actually, but uh, also if, in terms of IOPS, it may, you may, may hit some ceilings. So, so dealing well, with logs, it's not, not big fun. And I think the advice I've seen, which seems sensible, is only log what you have to. I think I think some people attempted to turn it on and log everything. That feels like really Locks that feels really all. bad. Genuinely, I've seen I've reading like researching for this. I've seen several blog posts that say it's fine, and I just don't it's agree. No, you can test it easily. Just create PGBench database with hundred million rows or something, and then just. Unleashed unlimited uh, TPS uh, regular setting. Don't use dash uh, R capital R, R and compare it with uh, log statement all. You will see a huge drop in TPS. Yeah, 
very big drop. And then try to con configure a login collector, compare it. Also interesting thing. So if you if logs go through syslog, journal D, something, it can be a very li big limiting factor. I I I, no, I don't know current systems, but I explored like five four years ago and found that uh, if you use syslog, performance may may be limited there in syslog itself. Interesting. So, yeah. So so if if you enable a lot of logging, you pro probably should configure. Uh, login collector and uh, check uh, throughput uh, ensure that everything is fine and you will be you will have capacity for it so capacity planning needed here definitely yeah but whichever option you go with definitely like even yeah. on, on the trigger side as well right um right. Uh, i saw some uh, anyway but i'm yeah i saw some advice that that put some numbers to it but if you have a right heavy table yeah Right you're amplification gonna, happens if you if you go with triggers. I like triggers yeah. because they have they give you flexibility and also you deal with SQL all the time, so you can check what you have inside your database. You don't need to go yeah. outside because dealing with logs means if, dealing with either Kibana or a lot of shell scripting, OK, and so on, like a lot of such stuff. But uh, dealing with SQL, it's good. Like a lot of data. Maybe we have time scale there. It's partitioned. We insert and store a lot. Great. But of course, it's, it, ha it has right amplification because if you, uh, for example, before you wrote a kilobyte, now you write probably a couple of kilobytes instead of one. Right? Yeah. And deletes, yeah. uh, you delete it, then vacuum cleaned up that tuples. But if you need to keep all data, it, it, it's kept in database, so it, on database only grows. But as I've said, uh, the good thing here that you, it gives you an option to restore. And old Postgres guys like to recall that originally Postgres had time travel in core. It was removed. So MVCC was implemented using some time travel feature. So when you deleted data, it was present and you could jump to, to the past, to a point in the past. Uh, but it now was, it's, yeah, it was removed for performance reasons, I believe. Right, right. But it's so easy to implement it. And uh, in, yeah. a few days ago, we had discussion with Hanno Crossing and Peter Zaitsev. Peter Zaitsev raised this topic, mentioning that it should be easy to set up this like shadow table, probably, which keeps all deleted data, or maybe also old versions of if you update data. But it's actually like ten lines of code. Because you can use JSON to convert everything to one line. You don't think about schema. So easy. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I think I saw I saw the conversation, and I think Peter's suggestion seemed to be for UX reasons. For you know, as a user, I'd like to be able to specify this, and maybe for a time limited period. I think it was like for thirty. Can we keep the history for thirty days, for example? That's it's rare well, yeah, that you get a... That's interesting, to have some cleanup process. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If you don't have to keep it forever, which I think was the original design, then I imagine some of those uh, trade-offs become less bad. But yeah, probably a different topic. We've, def we've yeah. had a request for that one as well, actually, Temple. Uh... Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's an interesting topic. But if we don't think about retention and some com complex uh, capabilities here, we talk about a couple of lines versus 10 lines or 20 lines yeah. of code. It's, it's like not a big deal. It's quite a good question for DBA interview, right? Uh, a trigger which will, like, can be attached to any table and it stores data 
which was deleted, so we can always know when it was deleted, who deleted it, which user. It's also possible. And if needed, we can we can we have some procedure to restore it with a couple of actions. So it should be easy yeah. to restore. It. So not 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 a big problem. And we can use the same approach for auditing. So triggers write uh, old data, new data, who did it, when it happened. But one thing here in terms of performance, usually most articles I saw, they talk about triggers for each row. But for this task, probably we, it's better to work for each statement. And since we have transition tables, we can we access all data, new data, so we can save here in terms of uh, overhead. So it can be easier for Postgres to save everything in one query, actually, additional query from trigger. And based on the blog post you sent me, I think that was added in version 10. So everyone should have that now because yep. everybody's on a supported version of Postgres. It's right? a very old feature already. Time flies. Yeah. Well, so some of these blog posts were from even older. Like I, th I think one of them was, t so that was 2017, right? Five, five years ago, roughly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, t 2007, I saw one of the ones around the trigger, one of the trigger based solutions. So we, we do have, so that was, pr that must have been. Uh, this row. is probably around the time when I fir first wrote it myself for some project. Yeah, but that's so that's a good, uh, interesting point about ha implementation. Another big thing that seemed to come up time and again, some people doing um, well, a lot of people implementing this in a, in the simplest way they could. So trying to do a single audit table for all tables. Now that there are trade-offs, obviously, depending on exactly what you're trying to do. Um, but it is interesting how simple this could be. And you, you can do it very, you can roll your own extremely easily. There are some, uh, there are some people bundling up. I, th I saw Superbase uh, bundled it as an extension recently. Super Audit, I think they called it. So that's really cool. That's a freely licensed as everything they do is. Yep. Oh, and worth noting, PG Audit is free is Postgres licensed, so that's it's really cool. That's that's yep. available to everybody. Well, with, I don't see big problems with a single table approach. I know we will attach the beautiful article from uh, CyberTech with a table with comparison, and it says for single audit table it has a right amplification and also in cons column uh, and also audit search queries might need some JSON skills. Yes, but. I don't see the difference with multiple tables here because if you, for example, have additional column in this audit table, you can put their relation name, right? And have an index on it. So it may, it may be, it, you, you may not see a difference between dealing with multiple tables or single table. And of course, this table, in my opinion, should be for large systems, should be partitioned. Yeah. And if you have time scale, you can control what to do with old partitions, old chunks, they call chunks, right? So a lot of things to do. So we, I think this is perfect, actually, use case for timescale. I, I wonder if they already have a blog post about it. They I didn't see one, they but should. yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. The In the Superbase one, they mentioned... time serious, right? We have, we have event exactly. of ch data change, uh, we have timestamp who did it, and per perfect. It's append only by definition, right? You shouldn't be deleting things out of an audit log. like um, Right, but you can compress older and, yeah. and, and so on. 
the the cybertech table is great i do see their point on um if, if you don't want to add columns to, if the whole point of a single table for all is that you, you don't want to change the schema of that for each one then i do see the advantages if you're using it for like if you want to index individual columns and not not have to worry about like the issues with gin indexes for example well I, uh, I i made this mistake i i i had a si couple of systems at least where these shadow tables were individual for each table we want to track for deletes but it was not for audit it was for data recovery purposes and uh, it was uh, actually not convenient because each time you change schema you need to change schema for shadow table as well so yeah. i i even thought about having uh, event trigger trying to help me not to forget and engineers not to forget about shadow tables yeah so it's kind of uh, it depends it may be convenient some in some cases but uh, these days i would definitely prefer json and maximum flexibility fully independent of schema i don't see any issues if i need a, an index i can use gene index or i can have b3 indexes for specific paths in uh, json if needed also like it's not different from having everything in separate column and uh, like in repeat, repeating, mirroring schema of original table and then indexes. I don't see it's a big problem at all. And JSON is beautiful. So I, I would go this, this way, uh, path here. Cool. Oh, while we're on the tangent, there was a really good blog post by let somebody. Me, let me press a little bit time scale. Yeah. I, I, a few days ago, I, uh, I was reading about their bottomless approach. I really liked it. Uh, it's only for, cloud, uh, for their cloud offering. So you can decide what to do with all data and it can go to S3. So bottomless, interesting. And in this case, you can implement this auditing and data goes to S3 for lower cost storage and so on. It's like bottomless Postgres. You know? Yeah, super interesting yeah. When, when you have such a specific use case and you know that old data is not going to be accessed as often and performance on it doesn't matter as much. It's, yeah, really cool. And uh, off topic, I, I also was researching what people do with branching and neon and so on and, and plain scale. And I, I Googled something and made mistake. I, I, I wrote bottomless branching uh, with you. Not branching, but branching. Branching. And there is such thing as bottomless branch, you know. <laughs> Normally that involves a lot of alcohol, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. <laughs> bottomless mimosas and so on. So a lot of, we, we can make some memes here, definitely. Oh, goodness. About, about uh, this new cloud uh, versions of Postgres. Yeah. Speaking of which, should, so, so these, the two big options I see compared all the time are logging via PG audit, very, very scalable very customizable and it's available um, almost everywhere so all yes cloud. Mm -hmm. exactly if everyone i checked supported it yeah yeah every cloud all of their managed services all supported it but if you have if, if you want you can implement something via triggers if if the trade-offs are okay for you it can be really simple much easier to do per per object but Equally, you don't have to. And then there's the third, I want to make sure about while we're on the cloud topic, it feels like that's what, what it feels to me like that's what's driving this maybe alternative logical approach. Right. So logical, uh, based on something based on logical replication or logical decoding, and you send events to either different Postgres, maybe with timescale, 
Maybe it's uh, this uh, Hydra new Postgres, which is uh, open source uh, Snowflake. We can uh, attach links to Postgres TV episodes about it, right? Or it can be something like Snowflake or ClickHouse or anything like Vertica, what you have there. Or I don't know, like Bigtable, Redshift, anything, right? Or maybe even not SQL uh, at all. Many opportunities here. And the good thing is no, there is no like no right, right amplification, but bad things. Uh, you cannot use logical on secondary. You don't need it because we 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 already discussed that selects are not possible to track, so it's only about data changes. Uh, but uh, use, use the use of logical uh, slots can happen only on primary, and it has some risks, of course. So, uh, like out of disk space. Uh, fortunately, mo uh, fresher version of Postgres, the newest version of Postgres, I think it was added to 15 or 14, I don't remember. You can uh, specify the maximum threshold for uh, slot size, so you are protected here. And of course, uh, setup is complex, but a lot of flexibility. And there is no right amplifications, almost. There is a small overhead of writing additional data to walls. So there are limitations. So, for example, you should have... Primary keys, uh, maybe not, by the way, for, for the sake of auditing. Anyway, so a lot of interesting things. Also interesting that if we talk about PG audit, they, if you check documentation, they immediately say why it's better to use PG audit. Because, for example, if you have dynamic SQL and you accessed or changed something in table which name is uh, created dynamically, so consisting from several parts. N normally, with log statement equals all or log duration statement zero, you cannot grab then or, or search. But uh, with PG audit, they, you have normal relation name you can, you can search. And uh, if we talk about logical decoding, well, uh, some things probably... Well, everything is there, right? So user is there, right? Everything is there. You can decode and uh, know when, who did what. Except selects, of course. So data modifications, yeah. DDL, everything is there. Question. It seems, does it have that same downside you mentioned as shadow tables? I'm, I'm cheating and using the Cybertech, um, the excellent table they have, but they've got typically requires some schema changes and extra care when the schema evolves. Ah, yeah, well, if you have schema changes... Well, if you use logical replication, uh, each schema change will break it. Yeah. In in current version of Postgres, there is ongoing work to improve this. But like destination schema should match uh, publisher schema should match subscriber schema, right? And if you if you use this, you need to take care of DDL. For example, in PGLogical, there are special function which you need to to use as a wrapper for all your DDL. So it's it's there are limitations here definitely. So you are right, but it's an interesting area. I I very much credit the Cybertech team for that. But yeah, it's super interesting. It feels like we've got a few really good options, and depending on our use case, we we can hopefully it'd be very surprising if one of those doesn't work um, on some level. So hopefully that's given people plenty to think about. I did have one uh, slightly less serious question for you. Have you okay. seen the PG audit? logo no i mean I, I i'm sure i saw it but what what's about it i don't know i, I can't really work <laughs> it out i think it's just got like a golf visor on it on the postgres elephant um let me let me check it 
Is that what audit people wear? Ah, uh, okay. It's, it has uh, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Never thought about it. So weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it made it doesn't me think... look serious, right? It's a serious extension with not serious at all logo. Extremely. Well, before we finish, let me put uh, the fourth option on the table, which I think oh, maybe yeah. will be winning. So imagine if we can observe all queries on the server, not installing triggers, not writing anything to log, and send them to somewhere like log collector or using UDP to different servers. Like somehow we can send everything, all details about each query executed and even not finished. We can we can send uh, information about the query which is already just started. Of course, we could do it observing pages activity, but it has limited query. By default, it's si uh, column uh, length. Like 5,000 characters or something. 1,024 by default. Track activity size, I always remember. Don't remember. But not limited. So here we can, do a, we can see everything. And uh, we... We just do it, right? And we we can send it, and everything uh, comes almost for free. Imagine such approach. It's it's possible with modern Linux, and it's called eBPF. Oh, interesting. Yes, yeah. we we had a couple of episodes recently on Postgres TV about this particular thing, but it was about monitoring and query performance troubleshooting, so observability. But nobody prevents from using this exactly approach for auditing purposes. And I think it has obvious pros and cons is complexity. So you need to write and deal with it, but it can be very, very low overhead like because we don't need to sample it. We don't need to go to execution plan here. We just need information about query with parameters, who did it, that's it. It can be about selects, right? There's some of the same downsides that PG audit solve, you know, in the PG, like the, I know it's a very contrived example, but I would guess it like, for example, the piping of the object name together in the PG audit read me, I guess. Oh would have yeah. The same problem. The, you're right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you're right. But other than that, like I, yeah. it does sound really interesting. Yes. And Postgres log, it's a single file <laughs> and, uh, Oh, yes, quite uh, like there is lack of flexibility in maintaining that file, and of course overhead to write of writing it to disk. Yeah. Here we can use network and send yeah. this somewhere and filter and so on. But you're right in terms of dynamic SQL, yes. But yeah, it doesn't like I I don't know enough to know how common or how often that is an issue. Go on. Actually, probably we can extract uh, relations. Somewhere, well, uh, worth checking. Maybe I think it it's possible to, to extract relations and to have additional like tags, uh, like what objects or database objects involved, users, which user initiated it, and so on. So, I wouldn't. That, that like, might solve it. Yeah. Well, uh, I know I don't. I'm not aware of any work in this direction, and I just came into in with this idea like ten minutes before we started. So, <laughs> it's a fresh idea. Nice. But I think um, I th I'm, I'm quite sure many people already thought about it. It's obvious. And the eBPF well, is the future of observability. So maybe it will be future of auditing as well. Well, it'd be exciting if, if me forcing you to talk about a boring subject actually comes to some good. Well, it's about building something. So it's, uh, it's becoming interesting. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else? Any last comments or thoughts? No. I think that's it. 
Nice one. Well, thank you, everybody. And thank you, Nikolai. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. See you.